The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Have we got a good one for you today, folks? Invoking a little Steve Harvey family feud there. Aha! Uh-huh. Welcome on in. The Movie Zone. He's Adrian. I'm Austin. And we really do have a, a good show set up for you today. Uh, we have several good, great movies coming out this week at Megaplex Theaters that we'll preview. Uh, we've got a poll question that was pretty popular, and we're excited to share that with you. But also, uh, a couple of uh, high-profile guests coming in studio for us here on the Movie Zone today. Feature uh, Scott Budnick, executive producer of the film Just Mercy, and CEO of One Community, a film, TV, and new media company that focuses on creating content uh, that affects positive social change. He'll be in studio. And on behalf of Represent Justice, Carrie Myers, uh, who is also the deputy director of the nonprofit Louisiana Parole Project, and in 1990 uh, was sentenced to life without parole for a crime he did not commit sat in prison for nearly three decades before finally being uh, released. He will be in studio with us in segment two as well. Again, all attached to the movie Just Mercy, and uh, we'll preview that one here in the Movie Zone phone as well. But Adrian, I'm I'm really excited for those two uh, guests to come in studio here. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's... uh you never know what you'll end up, you know, who you'll end up talking to in this business. And this is one that I'm very fascinated to have a great conversation with these two. And uh, especially when it comes to this movie that, you know, people are really liking. And, uh, and of course, it has to do with real life stuff. And real life stuff is interesting to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in, in conjunction with uh, LHM Sports and Entertainment and the Megaplex Theaters, Just Mercy was screened. Uh, for many of the employees of the Larry H. Miller Company mm-hmm. with these guests on hand to answer questions afterward. And so we're excited to also have the yeah. that opportunity here uh, on the Movie Zone with them. So stay tuned for segment two on that. That being said, we got to get going because we want to give them ample time to tell their story. Adrian, box office report? Um, there's not a lot. It's Obviously, it is January. Mm-hmm. And so it is the new year. So we're stuck at zero, Austin. Well, someone made money last weekend. Uh, the Grudge. The Grudge made some money. That's too bad. I wish it didn't make any money. And then the uh, is it the year to date leader? <laughs> it it is. In yeah, fact, it would have to be. Yeah, because this has the gentleman as second, but that really hasn't come out yet. Right. That doesn't come out till later this month. A yeah. movie I'm very excited because I'm a big guy, Richie guy. But yeah. yeah, The Grudge, so far, your leader in the clubhouse, Austin, for movies released in the year 2020. Swore the year off. of our Lord, 2020. So we're off to a great start yes. at the movie theaters. Yes. It'll get better. This week, it'll get a lot better. In fact, let's jump out to the Movie Zone phone hotline and talk about just how much better things are going to get this week at Megaplex Theaters. movies and showtimes, and movies you may eventually regret seeing at some point, please press 1. For Frozen 2, please press 1. For Dark Waters, please press 2. For 1917, please press 3. 
Joe selected 1917, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Richard Madden, Mark Strong, Colin Firth, George Mackey, and Dean Charles Chapman. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more. During World War I, two British soldiers, Lance Schofield and Lance Blake, receive seemingly impossible orders. In a race against time, they must cross over into enemy territory to deliver a message that could potentially save 1,600 of their fellow comrades, including Blake's own brother. 1917 is rated R and earned a 90% fresh rating from Rotten Tomatoes audiences and 8.6 out of 10 from imdb.com. For tickets and showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. Start with the World War I uh, movie there, 1917. You know, my favorite genre of movie, book, media to watch, documentary is World War II. I, I, I really enjoy learning about that travesty and, and how we can avoid it happening in the future. And that's how you do avoid things happening again, is you learn about what took place and how to yeah, avoid it. Yeah. Uh, World War I, though, was just as steeped obviously in history but doesn't get as much run in the media form be it tv film books so i'm really excited to take this one in and by all accounts it is harrowing it is uh uh uh, heart-wrenching and it is really really well done i'm excited to give a must go to 1917 yeah there's a lot here i mean you mentioned there aren't a lot of World War One movies. Like, I could think of like Legends of the Fall was one with Brad Pitt back in the day. Okay. That uh, some people liked it, but that goofy war horse movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's about all I can think of. And yeah. World War One, and you know, I don't know why that's the case. That it's not necessarily represented in movies as much. Maybe there's not as much access to. Um, well, there's obviously not as much access to people who lived it as there have been for well, World yeah. War II. I don't because, think anyone's still no, I, I mean, 1912. So um, that's probably a, has a lot to do with it because World War II, we have so many um, first, when it comes to movies, we have so many first person accounts of what when, what happened overseas and, you know, in D-Day and yeah. these things. And World War One probably not. But um, this seems like, I mean, the cast is incredible. I mean, what more do you want? Looks like a great war war movie. Um, if you can say that, can you say that? But it, yeah, it looks it looks like a movie that's very good, and uh, it, for me, it's a it's a big time go as well. World War One is super interesting. It is, yeah. How it's, it began, yeah, where it it's went, so wow. interesting, and uh, just and how it led to World War Two. Really, yeah, honestly, yeah. and you really you learn about it. It's kind of like you said in the media, it's kind of blown past. But even in like, I remember history is one of my favorite subjects in school, and I remember in world history, we just kind of like this is what Franz Ferdinand did, and then here we are, at World War Two, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it it uh, it's kind of glossed over a little bit, I think, especially when taught. So. For some reason, I don't know why, but yeah, this looks like a if the you know hopefully it's accurate and hopefully it's a good movie. Yep, excited to see it and a lot. It did get in uh, in 2019 technically because it opened some places on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and so it will be eligible for Best Picture at the Oscars, is my understanding. Mm. And a lot of people think it might have a shot to to win that. So okay, 1917, it's a must go. All right, let's dial back out to the Movie Zone phone. Here's three more movies. Hello, and welcome to Movie Zone phone. 
for the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters for popular movies and showtimes and movies you may eventually regret seeing at some point, please press 1. For Ford versus Ferrari, please press 1. For A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, please press 2. For Just Mercy, please press 3. You've selected Just Mercy, starring Brian B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and Tim Blake Nelson. For plot description, please say, tell me more. Tell me more. After graduating from Harvard, Brian Stevenson heads to Alabama to defend those wrongly condemned or those not afforded proper representation. One of his first cases is that of Walter McMillan, who is sentenced to die in 1987 for the murder of an 18-year-old girl, despite evidence proving his innocence. In the years that follow, Stevenson encounters racism and legal and political maneuverings as he tirelessly fights for McMillan's life. Just Mercy is rated PG-13 and earned a 79% fresh rating from Rotten Tomatoes audiences. For tickets at showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. We'll talk a lot about Just Mercy in segment two today. Uh, it is, I'll tell you right now, it is a must-go for me. I love Jamie Foxx. I like Michael B. Jordan a, a lot. I think Brie Larson is vastly underrated, which is crazy to say. He, she's won an Oscar. Yeah. But people now think of her as Captain Marvel, and I thought she was good in that movie. But I and the Avengers, I think that she is an incredible actress. The subject matter has me hooked, and I cannot wait to talk with Scott Budnick, executive producer of Just Mercy, and uh, Carrie Myers uh, from uh, Project or Louis, the Louisiana Parole Project about this in, in segment two today. Yeah, uh, this looks like a, it's a go for me as well, Austin, because, you know, social justice movies are, if they're made well, it's, it's true stories. And you have to, even if you're learning them from the movies, it's a lot like the 1917, even if you're learning about it from the movies. You know, this happened in the 80s. It wasn't too long ago that this yeah. happened. Yeah. And so... And stuff like this is still happening. Still happening. So it's good to... Uh, have that education and then of course now we're get to and today we're going to get to talk to people who are involved in this every day in the real world yeah in this and uh, i'm excited to have that conversation this is a go for me as well all right two more movies opening this week at megaplex theaters popular movies and showtimes, and movies you may eventually regret seeing at some point, please press 1. For Joker, please press 1. For Richard Jewell, please press 2. For Like a Boss, please press 3. You've selected Like a Boss, starring Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, Salma Hayek, and Billy Porter. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more. Best friends, Mia and Mel, run their own cosmetics company, a business they built from the ground up. But they're also in over their heads financially, and the prospect of a buyout offer from an industry titan proves too tempting to pass up. The beauty business is now about to get ugly as the proposal puts Mia and Mel's lifelong friendship to the ultimate test. Like a boss is rated R. For tickets to showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. Uh, this is a hard pass for me. I think there will be an audience for it, like a boss. What 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 are you what are your thoughts on? I, I like think a boss? there is, and uh, there not really a go for me. I remember seeing the trailer um, when I went to something. I don't remember, but um, 
Rose Byrne's hilarious. Tiffany Haddish is funny. She makes a lot of movies. Salma Hayek uh, made a lot of headlines at the Golden Globes. I, can't t- I won't say why, but <laughs> she made a lot of headlines at the Golden Globes. Um, yeah, so it could be funny. It could not be. I don't know. It's not a go for me. Yep, me either. Yeah. So, but so I think far, gonna, two must-goes. I think there's going to be an audience, for I, sure. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So far, two must-goes. One not really for us. Let's see what the fourth one holds this week. Hello, and welcome to Movie Zone Phone for the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. For popular movies and showtimes, and movies you may eventually regret seeing at some point, please press 1. For Jojo Rabbit, please press 1. For Frozen 2, please press 2. For Underwater, please press 3. You've selected Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart, T.J. Miller, and Vincent Castle. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more. Mysterious creatures terrorize crew members aboard a research station located seven miles below the surface of the ocean. Underwater is rated PG-13. For tickets and showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. Underwater. Adrian, what do you think of this movie? Okay. This is one I saw a trailer for while I was at a movie. I know you you know I don't really watch a ton mm-hmm. of trailers, but it looked cool for a minute and then I was like, "Nope. Pass." So, kind of reminds me of Sphere. You ever read that Michael Crichton book and then it no. was made into a movie with Samuel huh. L. Jackson? Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Mm. But uh yeah, not really. I'm not a huge Kristen Stewart fan. And it's me not either. it's not because of the Twilight movies. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't. Not a big fan of her acting, but a lot of people are like. And T.J. Miller, I find's funny on film. Doesn't sound like he's a very good dude mm-hmm. outside of movies. And but go at your own. You know, go if, if this is your kind of thing. An underwater horror drama. There is some. There is a bit of you know, the fear of drowning is something that scares a lot of people, myself included. And so you know, that's probably the kind of the overarching thing that other than the creatures under there you don't want to drown a mile under sea so yeah all the things you said about why you aren't interested in this movie or why i'm not interested in this yeah. movie but i'll add i'm the guy that will that i'm never going on a cruise in my lifetime right. because i'm that afraid of what could happen in the open water okay this is not my movie right for everything you said and then that, <laughs> and then add that. yeah yeah so i mean I don't know. Looks like it was, you know, looks like they put a lot of money into it. So, and, and with movies like this, million budget, yeah. When with movies like this, the payoff has to be, you know, the suspense and everything. And then for me, the monster has to be cool. Whatever this thing is, that's it's a shark, or is it a shark? You see it in the yeah. yeah it, it could be a shark. Could be anything. It could be something they woke up that's been asleep for eons yeah, under the sea. But uh, that's that part's got to be cool too. And it also feels like it's been done. Yeah, totally. A lot. I mean, I named a movie from the 80s, and it's been done a thousand times yep. since then. So, All right, that brings us to our poll question of the week. What event in history needs a movie made about it? Of course, with 1917 about World War One, we were talking earlier, Adrian, mm-hmm. that World War One doesn't get quite the run that some of the other moments in history does. And so what event in history needs a movie made about it? Jake Scott with the first reply. This is one I would pay to see. The Great Austin Horton Zip Tie on the Curb Incident. Could you make a whole movie out of that? Well, it could make a whole movie out of my life. I think, well, our sitcom, once we get it off the ground, mm-hmm. that's a, that'll be an episode. Yeah. 
It, it, and if it doesn't work as a sitcom, we could make a 90-minute movie. Sure. With all the stupid, dumb, bad luck that just comes my way. Uh, we could make a Netflix show out of that. Yep, for Netflix sure. original. Hey, if you're a listening, season. we'll write it. You don't even have to pay us. Yeah. Well, you have to pay us. Well. By the view. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to pay us in... No. Royalties. I'll leave that alone. I'll, I was going to say... Yeah, royalties. We'll yeah, go yeah, with yeah. that. Yep. All right. So, Jake Scott, good suggestion. Uh, ben Coombs sends the uh, Christmas Eve Silent Night event during World War One. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's and that's a story people do know from World War One. Yep. Where both sure. sides stopped firing uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, PK Trusty says the Cubs winning the World Series. I would also like to see one about the Challenger space shuttle movie where Austin buys a Tesla would be good and turns the tide of bad luck might be watchable too. Meaning, man, a lot of people want to see your luck turn around, but also want to see a movie about your bad luck. Yeah. I think that would sell more yeah, than yeah. me triumphing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Amanda Smith says the Jonas Brothers reuniting. Okay, Amanda. Uh, On to the next one? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colin, George... We told her we would read that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colin says George Washington during the Revolutionary War. Okay. Not a lot about... Not a lot of George Washington. Not a lot Uh, of cold hard truth about George Washington. Right, yes. They would have to be accurate, not just he sailed to Delaware and saved the American army or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot going on with that, but... It was that whole cherry tree story. Come on. It was the 1700s. All right. So there you go. A lot of good suggestions on what moment in history needs to be made into a movie. Thank you very, very much. Speaking of moments in history and movies, Just Mercy is out starring Jamie Foxx, Brian B. Jordan, Michael Michael B. B. Jordan. Jordan. Sorry. Did I say Brian Jordan earlier too? No, you said Michael B. Jordan. Brian Jordan played baseball for the braves all right not him michael b jordan and brie larson among other tim blake nelson is mm. in this uh scott budnick executive producer of that movie and carrie myers uh, a person who knows a lot about similar emotions that this movie based on a true story he lived a very similar story they'll be in studio with us next to talk about those events and more right here on the movie zone You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As promised, joining us in studio now, uh, two very special guests. I dare say we've had some great guests on, on the Movie Zone, Adrian. Yes. I, I've not been more interested in a story from uh, the, the subjects of our interviews more than these two gentlemen here. Uh, first, we'll introduce Scott Budnick. Scott is the executive producer of the movie Just Mercy. And, uh, of course, he's got a lot of everyone's favorite comedies Scott has been attached to, from the hangovers to old school and, and uh, things of War Dogs even, which yes. was a, an underrated funny movie <laughs> with a serious subject, uh, albeit. Uh, Scott, welcome. Thank Thanks you so for being much. here. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Uh, of course. And then, of course, uh, Carrie Myers is here in the studio with us as well, representing uh, uh, from the... Uh, uh, Louisiana Parole Project. And represent justice. Yes. Uh, Carrie... Uh, was wrongfully accused and convicted of murder and sat in prison wrongfully for decades. And he's here with us today to talk about uh, that story. And Carrie, welcome and honored to have you here, oh, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Where, well, let's start 
if you don't mind, Scott, let's start with Carrie's story. Please. And then we'll get to Just Mercy, because there's real strong tie-ins with that story. And, of course, then we'll tell you about Just Mercy. But, Carrie, uh, the first thing, as I'm racking my brain and writing down page after page of questions I wanted to ask you today, the number one thing I decided I wanted to ask you was, how do you cope with sitting in prison for as long as you did knowing that you were an innocent man. How do you cope with something like that? Well, initially there's anger and frustration. Um, and then you realize that that's at some point, uh, hopefully you get to that point, I'm, I did, because I had you know so much support behind me. Uh, you get to the point where that's just counterproductive. That's like, you know, it's like having a disease and wishing someone else would die from it. It mm-hmm. just kills you. It, it doesn't do anything productive. Uh, so I wanted to be, I wanted to maintain who I was. I wanted to hold on to myself and not lose myself in there. Hmm. Uh, so I sought out the most productive things that I could do. Uh, and that, that gave me purpose. Uh, it didn't necessarily give me hope, uh, but it certainly, it certainly gave me purpose to get up every day. Hope, I think, is something I manufactured uh, hmm. on a regular basis. Hmm. Uh, just to just to move forward because I really didn't believe that was the end uh, of my story and and thankfully it wasn't right and then when you uh, when you left prison I think it would be easy just to want to come out and just get revenge and make you know you know what I'm saying but you came out you turned it into such a positive influence and talk about that transition and then getting into the work that you have done for so many years afterwards well you know when I got there I had two attitudes one was righteous indignation uh, being there for a crime I didn't commit and the other one was arrogance that I'm Mm -hmm. not like these people I never gave prison or people in prison or I never gave it a second thought probably like most people Uh, and then I was humbled very quickly uh, what I found there, the people I met there, the integrity of many of the people that I met there uh, astounded me. It mm. just more integrity than people I knew before I went to prison. People who who sought redemption every single day that, and, and lived for it and lived their lives that way. And, you know, there was a point as I knew I was uh, or believed, didn't know that I was going to leave. I said, I can't I cannot put this in my rearview mirror. And, and not look back. Um, when I f- first got out, I was uh, I was doing a bit of writing. Uh, uh, I have a degree in journalism, and I was the editor of the Angelite magazine there for 16 years, mm. and uh, realized that I had a voice. Uh, but it was hard, to, to tell you the truth, it was hard to make a living as a freelance journalist mm. uh, who had spent 27 years in prison. Yeah. And uh, then finally, I, I made a connection at, for, with an old friend at the sentencing project, a man named Mark Maurer, who asked me to collaborate on a book called The Meaning of Life. And just as I was finishing that up, uh, my attorney and another person that I knew from Angola uh, came to me and said, we're starting this this nonprofit called Parole Project, and we want to help lifers, uh, particularly juvenile lifers who had the U.S. Supreme Court had just given an opportunity for second chances to, and uh, I said, I'm in. You, uh, juvenile offenders, that's a common theme that you and Scott share. Scott, you worked uh, on a movie, they, they Call Us Monsters, I think is the name yeah. of the film, a documentary of juvenile offenders who were charged as adults for crimes that they may or may not have committed. Some were innocent, some were not, but they, it, that was the whole subject. 
How is that where you first had your passion, Scott, for this kind of redemption work, redemptive uh, 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 chase? Because you are also the CEO of One Community, a company that is looking to ensure that positive social change comes through bad things like that happening. Yeah, um, I was actually uh, doing old school, um, and it was uh, in the early 2000s, and a friend of mine asked me to come down. Uh, he was working on the movie with me. He asked me to come down to a local juvenile hall and be a guest speaker in a creative writing class to 14, 15, 16-year-old kids that were incarcerated. And uh, I went down to that juvenile hall and sat with a dozen young young kids and turned to the kid that was right next to me, he's close as us, and said, how was your week? He goes, it was a really bad week. I just got sentenced to 300 years to life. Whoa. And he was 15 years old. Oh, my and uh, I asked David what happened, and he said, I stood next to my friend who shot the victim in the butt. The victim was in and out of the hospital in a day, and for standing next to the guy with the gun, David was going to prison uh, as a 15-year-old for 300 years to life. And as we went around that table and I heard the stories of those young people, it was stories of foster care. It was the stories of physical abuse and sexual abuse. It was really very, very... Uh, obvious to see kind of hurt people hurt people, right? That these kids were all victims before they became victimizers. Mm -hmm. And I knew who I was at 15 years old was not who I was at 20 or 25 or 30 years old. And I don't think any kid should be judged for the worst thing that they've done. And we, I believe that every kid can earn redemption. Um, and so I told those kids on that day, I'm going to start teaching this class every Saturday. And if you guys are willing to do the work to change your lives, I'm here till the wheels fall off. I don't care if it's 300 years and if, until I can't do it anymore, I'm by your side. And it's, I was the movie producer that uh, was doing the, the criminal justice work. There was another kid in that class named Adam who went to prison for six years at 16 years old. And when he got out, he said, Scott, um, you promised me you'd help me find a job. We were about to start a hangover. I said, come work uh, on this film. That kid showed up, showed up an, early, an hour early every day out hustled everyone attitude of gratitude so happy to be there and at the end of it uh, our prop master said this is one of the greatest guys I've ever hired I want to take him on to Iron Man they took him on they put him in the union he went from $12 an hour to $48 an hour and the kid is now in the union making $200,000 a year his five brothers are now in the union lifted the entire family out of poverty wow but it was that kind of dual life that it kind of turned me into yeah that would make me passionate about something yeah. Like you, like sitting next to someone and turning it's to them and saying, yeah. 15 years old, I'm here for 300 years." Mm. That that would that's incredible. That blows me away. And uh, how did uh, you guys get in touch with? How did this story to make this movie Just Mercy that we're talking about? How did this come to be uh, between you? Well, I mean, we wanted to create a film that not only is entertaining and commercial, which it is. I mean, uh, there's a 99% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and mm. people love it. But we wanted a film that made impact, right? And yeah. could help change hearts and minds. And just like the story of David in his 300 years, right? That's a story, right? Stories can move people. Um, and I remember meeting the guy who ran, like, the marriage equality movement. And I asked him, what was the biggest game changer in legalizing gay marriage? Uh, and he looked at me and he said, Will and Grace. <laughs> and really, The sitcom Will and Grace? The sitcom that people who were not proximate to gay couples, didn't know them over a 10-year period between Will and Grace and Ellen and Glee and Modern Family, just their hearts softened and opened 
uh, towards that. And I knew with the people that I worked with in prison, I know Carrie knows it too. When you meet human beings, right? Absolutely. Not a scary crime you see on the news, but when you meet a human being that did something potentially awful, but has really made the decision to change, when it becomes human, people's hearts and minds open. And so when we started this campaign, the social impact campaign around Just Mercy called Represent Justice, um, the one thing I said is I want this campaign to be led by those that know the system better than anybody, people that have been in the system, that know what justice should look like, right? And um, we brought a bunch of people together uh, who had experienced this uh, as surrogates for the campaign, and Carrie was one of the lead surrogates. You wanna add to that, Carrie? No, that's exactly the way it happened, and you know, it's it's it was an opportunity uh, to take what all of the surrogates are doing and and use the power of represent justice in the film and the message behind the film, and the film is talking about essentially equity and fairness and truth, and shouldn't we all want that in, in yeah. our justice system? Yeah. And I don't want to even say criminal justice system, because that's that even kind of leaves a connotation that that people are exact one thing that they've done and that's not true uh, wow i have i have never thought of it like that carrie criminal justice that connotation of the word criminal we're all we're all humans we're all uh supposed to be uh eligible for fair and equal justice regardless of what we have or have not done justice needs to be served that that just and it shouldn't matter the, your economic status or the yeah. color of your skin or your social status uh, it should be it sh- there should be equity let me ask you Carrie uh, how common is a story like yours behind bars uh, how, how many would you estimate or do you know of some numbers of innocent people that are incarcerated well certainly I certainly believe I met uh, other innocent people there. It's really hard to put a number on it. I, I'm from Louisiana, and Louisiana has one of the the highest uh, wrongful in, in, uh, conviction rates in the country. The, but it's not just it's not just here. It's it's a system that that values wins over truth. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's only as good as the integrity of the people who operate it. Uh, and and it and we can do better, and we need to do better, and we should do better, and we need to demand better. Which a movie like this hopefully is that vehicle for people to do better and, and inspire more uh, closer. We need perfect. We need perfect equality and perfect justice. Hopefully, this gets us closer mm-hmm. to that. Definitely, and uh, I want to talk about the movie a little bit as well. Um, you know, making a film that it's uh, the director Destin Daniel. Is it Cretton? Is that how you Cretin, say? Yeah. yeah, he. Uh, uh, but Glass Castle directed mm-hmm. that. Short Turn Twelve with mm-hmm. Brie Larson as well. I think he's a great director. He's such a great cast. Kind of talk about how this movie came together, the cast, and um, getting it off the ground and yeah, making such a great film. So. Um, Just Mercy is a book that's sat on the New York Times bestsellers list for over 200 weeks, wow. uh, written by Brian Stevenson, um, uh, someone I've worked with for a long time and a hero of mine. Uh, I read the book. I actually got it from Starbucks. They had it on the counter of Starbucks and <laughs> every Starbucks in the, in the yeah. world for a while. And um, it just really blew my mind and, and detailed Brian's work representing people in the criminal justice system. And uh, uh, when the book came out, a great producer named Gil Netter, uh, option the rights to it, and quickly Michael B. Jordan came aboard to play Brian Stevenson. He was blown away mm-hmm. by it. Not only came on board to play Brian, but um, came on board to produce the film. Michael B. Jordan is is one of the three producers on the film. Wow. Um, yeah, and he, he that means it. he's really believing in this. His thing, heart yeah. is into this as a film as well as 
um, opening folks' hearts and minds and, and creating impact in communities. Um, and uh, it, it was with another studio first, and then it went to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers just em- embraced it. Um, and Warner Brothers has a culture and uh, has an incredible kind of diverse leadership and embraced the film. And quickly, Mike gave it to Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx came on board. Bree had a relationship with Destin from mm-hmm. Short Term 12. She came on board. And um, we did incredible things. Like We took the entire Warner Brothers marketing department to uh, a prison in California. And they spent four or five hours in a prison talking to folks who were incarcerated to see the depth of impact that, that this film could make uh, and to kind of give them wind in their sails as they were going to, to market the film around the world. And um, the, film's, the film is absolutely incredible. And you never know when you make a movie. It's like when we made Hangover, such a different movie, right? right? Different genre, different everything. But you never know what you have until you put it in front of an audience and that audience tells you what they think. And when we put Just Mercy in front of an audience, and this is incredible, an average movie tested about a 75, which means 75% of the people rated excellent or very good. Mm-hmm. When I did Hangover, it was an 86 or something like 87, and that was much higher than the average, right? Yes. Just Mercy was a 97. Wow. And we thought, oh, is that just California and a progressive group? So we brought it to Kansas City and put it in front of a majority white audience. It tested a 98. <laughs> and it was... It really works because it's hopeful, it's inspirational, but really it's rooted in values, not partisanship or not race. It's really rooted in values of mercy and redemption, like many values that are even biblical, right? Mm-hmm. And on our campaign, we have everyone from, we had a meeting at George Soros's foundation, which is kind of the, represents the left with Coke Industries, the Coke brothers, with prison fellowship, with right on crime, which is the conservative criminal justice movement. And this campaign is that, right? All walks of life, all folks, um, all uh, elements of the spectrum. And I really believe it's a movie that in a, what, what's right now seems like a very divisive time, mm. it's a movie that can unite us around shared themes for, for justice. I, I, I got to say, I love the, there are so many little ways to make a difference when making a movie. And you could just say, hey, let's, like the marketing, hey, just, you know, get it out there. Let's see what we can do. But mm-hmm. if you, like you say, it's rooted in something different, it's rooted in, hey, we took these people to meet with real people who are incarcerated to tell their stories and use this as part of your platform to make this movie great. And it sounds like there was such a universal, as part of this whole movie making process, it was all rooted in that kind of thing, is to bring light to some misjustices out there in the world. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think... A hundred percent. And it's even why we're here screening uh, tonight for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Um, we really believe that that the NBA and the jazz and players have a real platform to reach folks um, just like the film business does. And in going around and screening for teams and being able to see the game last night and talk to folks in the arena and to be able to screen the film for the team tonight, um, it's really uh kind of bringing them together to understand the issues, but also have them understand the power of their platforms, yeah. right? Like, this is an enormous platform to speak to America and to demand a fair justice system. That's why we're, we're grateful to have you here in studio talking to our audience. If one person hearing the movie zone hears you guys talk about your story, Carrie, and your background, Scott, and then this movie, Just Mercy, and they whether they go and see the movie or not, if one person changes their heart i think that's we're so grateful you're you're here to share that with us in front of these microphones i want to be respectful of of your time we could go for days 
with both of you. And I'm probably going to media, uh, social media and internet stalk you both the rest of your lives. Love it. Let's so go. prepare for that. Well, he's basically uh, a Utah, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Scott does yeah. have Scott some Utah time. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And you're welcome back anytime. This is your uh, show now. If you have a, something you need to talk about and present, we're happy to help. I love, anytime. I love this state. All of my in-laws are here. I stayed with my mother-in-law last night uh, in Mill Creek. Um, Sweet. And Not I, a lot of people would do that, you know, the, the connotation of mother-in-law. You know, you don't want to stay with, but you like your mother-in-law. I adore my mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. I good answer. My, and I have a great wife. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes. do, yeah. We were talking before Aaron. Yeah. You have a great family, yeah. yeah. Uh, before we let you go, though, I'm going to break a journalism cardinal rule and ask you both the same question. And I'll ask Carrie to answer first, but then, Scott, I think it applies to you as well. What overall mantle or pressure is a bad word, but feeling do you carry every day that drives you to do things like represent justice and the, the parole uh, campaigns that you're involved with, parole in Louisiana? What, what drives you to that, and what do you hope people take from a movie like Just Mercy or a message that you're sharing with us? I think what drives me is the people that I left behind. Uh, you don't spend 27 years living in and out, daily in and, in and out in a, in a dormitory setting or the kind of confines that you do in prison without getting to know people. And I, I'm certainly, I was there for a crime I didn't commit, but I certainly saw people there who may have committed the, the crimes they were convicted of, but don't deserve to be thrown away. Uh, don't deserve the type of sentencing uh, that we have. Didn't deserve the type of justice that they got getting there. And 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 that motivates me. Uh, and and I think this movie touches on all of those themes, uh, regardless of of how you got there. Uh, that people are not necessarily disposable. Uh, they have value. Uh, it's about humanity. I saw humanity every day uh, while I was in prison, and, and it astounded me sometimes. I, I, watched, I watched people convicted of murder changing the diapers of dying men <laughs> in a hospice program, and if that's not humanity, I don't know what is. Uh, and that's not what people certainly expect of them. So we have to stop labeling people as one thing. They're more than the worst thing they've ever done. Uh, people change, uh, people mature, particularly Particularly the, 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 the juveniles, the, young, the youth, is like what you did at 15 is not what you, who you are at 40. Uh, and a one-size-fits-all system um, is, is detrimental to public safety. It doesn't enhance public safety. Scott? I mean, I think just seeing what a better community we would have um, – if we had a fair system, and it's everyone involved, right? I mean, I do a lot of work with victims of crime um, who have been victimized um, and who go into prisons to talk to folks to, to understand the impact of, of crime and how that has on lives and families, um, to see them heal, to see them uh, go back and try to show folks in prison um, and motivate them to tell the, change their lives. When I go into prisons and I see people that I knew were 15 years old in juvenile hall and to then see them as a 25-year-old in prison with a college degree or to see them in a seminary program becoming a pastor or to see them becoming uh, and proud that they just became a union construction worker or they're out in California fighting the fire, wildfires and, and going from 
uh, a pariah of their community to now the heroes of their community, saving people's homes and neighborhoods and seeing the pride that they have on their faces and knowing that they've done their time, they have been accountable, um, but now they want to go be heroes. They want to help other kids not follow in their footsteps and send their children on a path into college and not in a path into prison. It's these things. It's, it's the human beings. It's the folks that Kerry personally uh, left behind that he lived with for 27 years, but it's the people I go in and visit um, and love and see change. And um, I know they'd be great out here. And because of some draconian sentencing laws and uh, laws where, where the, the price of it does not fit the crime, we see some of the greatest people that are sitting there 20, 30, 40 years who could be huge assets in their community. That's what moves me. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, thank you doesn't do justice, the, the message you've shared. I, I don't know, you could probably tell I'm touched, Adrian's touched. And I think a lot of people that will hear this and have been listening, they'll want to sign up and help and volunteer and get involved. And obviously, the first thing that they could do is go see Just Mercy. Let it touch you. Let it let it uh, impact you. But if they want to get involved beyond that, any recommendations or advice to people who would like to help out? Well, I think they can uh, go to the uh, Represent Justice website uh, mm-hmm. as a start. Representjustice.org. But yes. your organization, Carrie? Uh, Louisiana Parole Project. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work to do uh, in Louisiana. We have the highest incarceration rate per capita than any other state in the nation and the highest per capita rate of life without parole than any other state in the nation. So we have a lot to do. And I think also um, support the work of Brian Stevenson and the Equal Justice Initiative that Just Mercy is all about, EJI.org. And just overall, as you're living in your community and deciding what your hiring practices in your business are, uh, or uh, paying attention to your prosecutor election, the election to your DAs, or what laws you're voting on or what politicians you're voting in. Um, Tough on crime is not always smart on crime. And um, I think if you just understand the humanity that people can change and you take that into your everyday life, uh, we'd have a much um, more together community. He's Scott Budnick. And he's Kerry Myers. Gentlemen, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Honestly, appreciate it. It was awesome. Uh, We'll be right back, somehow wrap up uh, (laughs) the Movie Zone this week, and uh, we thank you for your time again. We'll be back. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Leiser on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, welcome back. Final segment here, uh, a short segment because that was that was a, a segment, in, a, Adrian, and an interview that will stick with me the rest of my years, and yeah, hopefully I'm those listening as well. So grateful to be able to talk to those two, uh, Carrie. You know, twenty-seven years in prison, and for something he didn't do, but he didn't let it destroy who he was. And I asked him, you could get out of prison and just want to be angry at the world, and yeah. he decided to. And I don't think, like. You looked that in the man's a, eyes. Yeah, that is a normal. That would have been a normal reaction to that, and just I'm going to get mine. Blah blah blah. No, but he went out and he just he's trying to help others. And of course, Scott. You know, uh, I work with um, high school age kids at, through volleyball. I know it's not the same, but what is the same is understanding that 
a, a high school kid is not what they are for the rest of their lives. And to say, to get 300 years for standing next to somebody who did something. And then he, Scott, did the same thing. He said, I'll be here every Saturday. Who wants to be here? Mm-hmm. And I'll, we'll work on getting you into a better situation. So very, very appreciative to be um, in that interview with those guys. So go see Just Mercy. Uh, and then uh, those websites they shared, look those up if you'd like to help further. And just maybe the the most basic thing that we can all do is let's not convict people even in, I'm talking small things every day. Someone cuts you off on the freeway, don't convict them and as Kerry said, throw them away. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be a more forgiving, malleable, moldable society and let, let's start there. So yeah, this is a show where we have some fun and talk about movies and yell at each other and, and pretend like uh, it's important. Today it was real and it was important yeah. and I'm grateful for it. So for Scott Budnick, Kerry Myers, LHMSE's governors and uh, and officers who arranged that and the Utah Jazz and Megaplex Theaters and for Adrian Lizer, I'm Austin Horton. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Movie Zone. We'll be back next week right here on the Zone Sports Network.